And that's where the message from Deuteronomy begins this morning. That you and I, in our relationship with God, have to make a choice. It's not something far away from us. We have it. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill this place with your presence, Almighty God, that the Holy Spirit would guide what will be spoken and open our eyes and our ears that we may see and understand. It is only that way that it can take place. If you do not bless us with your presence in this way, we can't understand anything. Look with kindness upon your people, O Lord, and bless us this day. It is in your name, Lord Jesus, that we ask for these things. Amen. Amen. Have you ever sat in the presence of incredible advice, counsel, insight, understanding. That is what is made available to you and I this morning in the Holy Scriptures. We have the witness and the testimony of Moses, of Jesus, and the Apostle Paul. You talk about getting some good advice on things. How can you get any better than that? I would like to take a look at what Moses has to offer us first this morning. Moses is now on the plains of Moab, overlooking the promised land. He can see the land that God had promised to the people of Israel, and they are now about to be ready to take possession of that. Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy, is reminding the people of all of the things that they need to keep in their forefront so that their relationship with Almighty God is the way that it should be. Moses tells them that you don't have to go searching for this. You don't have to send someone to heaven. You don't have to send someone across the sea to find the ability to make a choice. And that's where the message from Deuteronomy begins this morning. That you and I, in our relationship with God, have to make a choice. It's not something far away from us. We have it. The choice is simple. You are either going to follow God or you are not going to follow God. Moses says, if you follow God, there will be life and prosperity. But if you do not follow God, there will be death and destruction. 
All that he was pointing to was the promises that were made that they would go into a land flowing with milk and honey. It would be a wonderful place. They would no longer be nomads traveling all over the place, living out of tents. They would have a place to call their own. But how they lived in that land was going to be their choice. And God, through Moses, was encouraging them to make the right choice. We'll now go to the gospel because this is how the, the circum of the events take place. Old Testament, gospel, the epistle. So Jesus is on the Sermon on the Mount. He is still there. Pastor has spoken about that in two consecutive Sundays. This is the third. The sermon continues. At three weeks. It's not 20 minutes. No. <laughs> Jesus gives clarity to the Ten Commandments because not all of them at once, but the ones that we will look at today. Because he knows that as people, we have the peace about us that tries to manipulate things. We just try to tweak them a little bit, change them a little bit to fit our narrative. So Jesus goes on to say, you shall not murder. If I was to ask a group of people, which do you think is the most egregious commandment? It is usually this one that they pick, the fifth one. They just push the other four aside and go right to the fifth. Because they believe this is the one that trespasses the greatest. Jesus gives clarity to us on this, you shall not murder. He said that if you say to your brother in the NIV, it says raka, which means empty-headed. If you call a brother empty-headed, you are in liable to be judged. And if you say to your brother, you fool, you don't understand, you don't make any sense. Jesus said, you will undergo that judgment of fire in hell. Why? See, the one thing that we understand or don't understand is the fact that we try to twist these scriptures. Jesus has given clarity. So if you are speaking ill about a person, if you are testifying falsely about their character, or as we say it today, if you're trash-talking somebody, you're murdering them. You are guilty of murder. If you have differences between yourself and another, we have the tendency of thinking, I'm right, you're wrong. Let's take it in front of the judge. Jesus says, don't do that. Settle your differences while you are on the way between yourselves. Because even though you may think you're the right one in the case, when it is put in front of the judge, you may be the one found guilty of the trespass and you will not get out of prison until every penny is paid. Clarity to these situations. Jesus says, do not commit adultery. If you even look at the other person the wrong way and you think of these things in your mind, you have already committed. Tear out your eye and throw it away. Cut off your hand and throw it away. Do you know how many of us would lose a lot of body parts? 
if we had to do this. But here's a different way to look at this. I believe Jesus is encouraging us. Take sin seriously. When your eye causes you to sin, close them. So you're not looking at that temptation. Close them and ask them, Lord, please help me. When your hand is going to reach for something that does not belong to you, don't cut it off. Fold them in prayer and ask God to help you and guide you. When it comes to divorce, it's not part of the Ten Commandments, but there is a writing in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 24 concerning the writing of the certificate of divorce. And it gives a broader explanation to what is considered right by Moses giving that command. Jesus said, there's only one reason for it. There is only one reason for it. And that is the way that it should take place. The next one I'm not really sure of on the taking of the oath. I understand that piece. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. But now there's a lot of people at the 8 o'clock. You could tell the vintage of the person because they were the only ones who knew what I was saying. You'd be in the presence of people and they would say something. And they would walk and they would find a piece of wood. Knock on wood. I never understood why they did that. It didn't make any sense to me. I had a worshiper after the last service explain to me the understanding of it. If you knock on wood and it's solid, that means it's true. <laughs> if it's not solid, that means it's wrong. So I, now I know why people are specifically looking at the wood they're going to knock on before they knock on it. But again, Jesus gives clarity to these things. Now we see the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, is deeply changed by an encounter he had when he was in Athens, Greece, right before he went to Corinth. And when he was in Athens, he went into the Areopagus, and he had spoken and began to share the story of Jesus Christ. But there were Epicurean and Stoic philosophers there who charged Paul with being a babbler, talking nonsense. But they invited him back. Paul, in that declaration at that time, recorded in Acts chapter 17, doesn't talk so much about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He speaks more about a philosophical debate with these people on how they could understand it. Paul is taught an incredibly valuable lesson by the Holy Spirit. And last week in our reading from the Corinthian text, Paul tells us that you can only understand the Word of God if the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. See, the Stoic philosophers, the Epicureans and the Stoics, they thought that they had their understanding. And Paul is using it to, in today's arguments on people who say, well, I follow Apollos and I follow Paul. He is learning from that episode. 
And he goes on again to remind the people in today's text that I thought you were spiritual. I thought you were following and listening and hearing and growing in the word of God through the Holy Spirit. But you're worldly because you're still putting forth worldly understandings. So what have we learned this morning from Moses from Jesus and from Paul. From Moses, we learned that we really don't make good choices. From Jesus, we learned that we really don't understand the word if we try to somehow twist it and make it fit to what we would like. And from Paul, we learned that if we hear the word, and it doesn't make any sense to us. The Holy Spirit is not with us. So by virtue of the fact that we hear and understand, we are witnesses to the power and presence of the Spirit called Holy. But nevertheless, in all of this, whether it be choice, whether it be knowledge, understanding, or whether it be spiritual, it leaves us in a situation that a sinful people are not acceptable in the presence of a righteous God. So you and I are in a situation where we cannot be present with God. But the good news to all that is, is Jesus Christ did all the work and he reconciled us to Almighty God. He made us to be without sin. He justified us in the eyes of God. How do we understand this and see it working in our lives? I love the imagery that the Apostle Paul puts forth in this Corinthians text. He said, I watered, I, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God causes it to grow. You know how that seed got planted in our lives. It may have been from our parents. It may have been from friends. It may have been an invitation to come to you. However God planted that seed was just absolutely awesome. And how that seed gets its water, which is necessary for its growth, God has provided for that through prayer, study, fellowship, and worship. We come to this place and we participate as a community so that we can get watered. But a seed that is planted and a seed that is watered doesn't grow until it has one very important element to make that happen. It needs light. Because the plant can take the light and the energy that is absorbed into that plant then can be distributed and cause it to grow. So we had the seed of God planted in us. We are watered by Almighty God and the light of Christ in our life causes us to grow. So as Paul said at the end of the text last week, you have the mind of Christ. So with the mind of Christ, 
planted, watered, and the light of Almighty God. Now we can make good choices like Moses encouraged. Now we can understand the Holy Scripture according to God's holy word as Jesus has told us. And as Paul told us, we can understand and apply these things and experience the presence of God because the Holy Spirit is with us and guides us and leads us. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me.